Today, we talk to two sellers at opposite ends of the spectrum. One's a full-time engineer with a family who's got only five hours a week to work on Amazon, and the other's a single college dropout whose main income is Amazon. Find out about their inspiring stories that have resulted in over a million dollars worth of sales. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Really quick, guys, I am doing an episode that's actually going to feature all of you. You guys know how I ask our guest for our TST 30-second tip. I want your best Amazon or Walmart 30-second tip strategy or hack. Now, these have to be completely white hat, all right? No black hat, no shady stuff, but prepare what is your best tip, and we're going to pick the best ones to actually be on this podcast. So prepare it. And then you're actually going to give your voice to it. You're going to record it uh, by going to h10.me forward slash SSP submit. All right. Again, that's h10.me forward slash SSP submit. And then you'll record your tip right there. And then if you're picked, we will go ahead and put it on the podcast. And you guys are going to be heard by over 80,000 people that listen to this podcast monthly. So I look forward to hearing your 30 second tips. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon or Walmart selling world. And we've got a couple people here who I know are Amazon sellers. I'm actually not even sure if they sell in Walmart or not, but uh, we're going to ask them that. But uh, Yaixa and Giovanni, how's it going, guys? Awesome. Good afternoon. I'm doing well, Bradley. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, uh, Yaixa, she, this is not the first time, guys. She's been on this episode. If you want to get her full backstory, make sure to go back either on uh, helium10.com forward slash podcast, or you can just search for it if you're on Spotify or, or your um, Apple podcast player, or whatever podcast device that you have, and go back to episode 127. It was about a year and a half or so ago, we had her on and we entitled that one $180,000 on six hours a week. And we had uh, hyped her up because she's like a basically a rocket scientist, you know, here. Uh, and that's her main job uh, or was her main job at the time. And then she was only working like six hours a week on Amazon and and started it out as a as a, as a hobby, kind of like for fun and and was profitable on it. So so it was a really cool story. So, guys, make sure to go back and listen to uh, her full backstory. But this is the first time we're meeting Giovanni here. So I thought we'd just uh, start with you a little bit. Um, you're actually a. Uh, I know you're, I think you're in Miami, but is that where you were born and raised? Yes, I was raised in uh, Miami, Florida. Okay, cool. Upon graduation of high school, did you did you go to any uh, local college around there? Yeah, so when I graduated uh, high school, I went to Florida International University. Okay, and what was your major? My major was finance. Finance, so exciting. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now, when, when you graduated, did you get, uh, did, did you get like right into that or, or what did you do after graduating? So I didn't graduate. I actually uh, left school to start my Amazon business. I like it. See, guys, it might sound like I set that up, but I literally had no idea about that. So <laughs> that's cool. I love to, I love to hear that. All right. So you're, you're, you're in college, you know, spending, I don't even want to know how much you or, or your parents were spending uh, on that. What at what point is it like I need to start looking for something else or did, did Amazon just happen upon you or were you just actively looking because you were just like frustrated with with the college life or what was, what happened there? Sure. So 
Uh, I was uh, in school. I was in my fourth year. I was actually close to graduating, and I was interning at Scottrade at the time, which is a retail brokerage for stocks and all that, uh, which they eventually got bought out by TD Ameritrade. But uh, you know, I'm I'm interning at this finance office. I'm in college, and I'm really not liking uh, the you know just the business in general. I love the stock market, but I wasn't enjoying the office life, uh, being there from eight to five. And so you know, I was doing a little digging, and I had a buddy who was in uh, who had a Shopify store. And uh, this guy, uh, my buddy, which eventually became my business partner, you know, he was going on snowboarding trips, and he's he's 21, and he's living this free life. And, uh, you know, I'm in the, the car before I go to the gym with w- one of my business partners, Paul, which you met at the Prosper conference as well. And I told him, you know, uh, I, I want to live the life that Tommy's living. I don't want to be in an office eight to five uh, the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, one day we're in the car and uh, we're like, why don't we start an Amazon business? Uh, and he's like, uh, let's sell those, uh, those, those water packs that they sell at those, uh, those festivals. And right there, that's how the idea was born. I, I, at that moment, I went all in. I went right for it. Wait, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. That's not like a natural to like think that Amazon is an opportunity. Like, how did you guys know that that's even a thing? Like, I, I would say the average person, you know, obviously everybody buys from Amazon, but I think the average person probably thinks that it's all Amazon products. Like, how did you guys know that that's even a thing? Like, did you guys see YouTube ads or something? Or no, we didn't see YouTube ads. Uh, it was mainly, uh, you know, my my business partner, uh, you know, just for uh, saying his name, Tommy. He was in e-commerce and Shopify since he was 18 years old. And this is uh, when we're mm-hmm. 22. So he's in the business for four, year, four years. And uh, when we told him about the idea that we wanted to sell e-commerce, he's like, why don't you guys try Amazon? You know, people are doing it. It's a great opportunity. Uh, people are selling, you know, ton, you know, tons of products, making millions of dollars mm-hmm. a year on Amazon. Uh, if I was to do e-commerce, I would go with Amazon. So me and my buddy Paul were like, okay, let's go for it. Okay. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Uh, it came from, uh, it came from your buddy who was already in e-commerce. I was like, that's not exactly yeah. a, a, a normal conversation. Yeah. Let's just sell on Amazon. Usually, you know, somebody has to know about it first. So, so he, Tommy was the one now it, it's very funny that, um, that was the, the, you know, the, the, the niche you went into, you know, for those who listened to the podcast, like two and a half years ago and stuff, I actually was like, Hey guys, I'm going to launch, uh, these, these backpacks because, you know, one of my best friends is, is the EDM DJ slushy. He's the one who actually makes the, um, the uh, the intro music that we have here on the on the podcast, and he's been on the podcast before, and I had this whole plan. I was like, you know what, I'm going to uh, uh, make these uh, hydration backpacks, and then I'm going to have him do some some kind of like licensing on it. And he's on the same, you know, uh, marshmallows in the same group, and all these big stars are all in the same group. And I could have gotten hopefully all of them to be honest. I had this big plan, but I was so busy with with uh, you know with helium ten, I never I never got around to it. So. So you you went. Uh, I know you didn't steal the idea from me, but great minds <laughs> think alike, I guess, huh? Exactly. Let's go ahead and switch back to uh, Yaksa before she thinks that we forgot about her. <laughs> um, now, I remember the last time we talked, and obviously I, I have intimate knowledge of some of your products because I was storing them in my warehouse for you for a while. But you were mainly like in the in the toy kind of niche. Did has that continued, or have you branched out to other um, no. niches as well? Right now, that's exactly what we are doing. We're stealing toys. So, hey, I like it. You know, you, you know, if it ain't broke, why, why fix it? So I don't remember that $180,000 figure. Was that like your 2019 sales or what, what exactly was that? Do you remember? Um, I think that was 2019. Yeah. Okay. So how did, how did you uh, do last year? Um, like 230, 230 more or less. Okay. So increase. So did, were you, did, could it have been more? Yeah. 
if there wasn't COVID uh, issues? Like, did, did you get like uh, yeah. hit with like inventory things and issues? Yeah, we got hit with um, the inventories um, problems at the end of at the last quarter. Actually, we launched a product, a seasonal product um, for Halloween, and we got hit um, very bad with the with the limits. So that that was a limiting factor on that one. And then during the holiday seasons, it was the the rest of the of the of the limitation that Amazon that Amazon posed. So okay, all right, but um, so could have could have even been more. Now, yeah. throughout all of last year, were you still working your full time yeah. uh, engineering job? Yeah. So so it was still we're talking like you know five six hours a week only. Probably you had less. to dedicate to Amazon. Probably less. Probably less because when we were thrown into COVID, we, you know everyone kind of lose their support system. So that's exactly what happened to us. We were working full time, actually more than full time on our engineering jobs, my husband and I, um, plus taking care of the kiddo, plus um, working on the, trying to manage the townhouse, plus working on the business. So probably less than six hours. Yeah, and, and that townhouse, we're talking about um, what we had talked about in the last show where, where you bought a property in Florida for like an Airbnb mm-hmm. using your, your money that you had gotten from Amazon, right? A portion of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so... Just, you know, out of curiosity, like, you know, you, uh, for those who, who didn't, uh, who are skipping ahead and didn't listen to your to your last episode, you know, you, you were juggling a full-time job. You've got a family. Mm-hmm. Um, a, you only have one um, son one still? One kiddo, yeah. Yep. All right. So one son, you know, and you wanted to be able to spend time with, with your son. Like, how was it for a full year juggling the COVID situation and, and full-time work, running an Amazon business, being a wife, being a mother? I mean, I can't imagine (laughs) doing that. Horrible. It is. Well, you know, we are blessed. Um, We had jobs. We we didn't really suffer. No one really got sick. Um, So we are blessed. We're we're counting that on. But on the other side, it was very stressful. Um, Everything changes every single day. You have no separation between your personal life and your professional life. And Mm -hmm. if you are in the middle of a call with a customer or with a supplier or or with someone important, you got to kind of put that on pause because your kiddo needs to go to the bathroom. So, or he's hungry or, or, or the dogs are barking. So it's, it, it was, it was very hard and we were adjusting and the entire world was adjusting. So Amazon was changing policies and, and, and restrictions and limits every single day. So China had problems too, problems with the forwarders, with the freight forwarders. And plus on the engineering side, we had um, layoffs and we had um, co-workers getting sick. Um, so it was it was very, very, very challenging for sure. Let's talk about the flip side. For somebody who, who you know, doesn't have familial responsibilities and, and not working 40, 50 hours a week at another job, what's your typical days like? And, and, and don't worry, Yikes is not going to get mad at you or, <laughs> or, or anything like that or jealous. You know, everybody has different circumstances. Go ahead and uh, I mean, is it nonstop partying or what's Giovanni doing uh, every week? Oh, no, um, there's absolutely no partying for me. And I, and I live in Miami. Uh, so, you know, there's this, uh, you know, idea that when you live here, it's all beach and partying. But it's, it's not like that at all, especially when, when you're trying to work and you're trying to make something of yourself. But no, my, my typical day is, you know, uh, wake up, 
um, and immediately just get into Amazon and check everything. Check the health levels, uh, check the ads. I am the one who, who does the PPC on the account. Uh, get together with the business partners in the morning. We have a warehouse. Head over there, uh, get some meetings in. And uh, it's it's mainly focused around Amazon. I mean, we do sell on uh, Walmart, Shopify as well. But uh, a majority of our time is spent optimizing everything around Amazon. Okay, what was your 2020 sales like on Amazon? Sure. So 2020 was our breakout year. Um, we had in 2019 we had done 230 thousand in sales, and then uh, 2020 when COVID hit, um, it it absolutely blew up. We went 5x and we had sold 1.3 million at the end of the year, and that was with us being out of stock for a little more than half of the year. How, how did that happen though? Because it's like for I mean like there's no festivals, there's no EDC. You know, there's no ultra festival, like there's no concerts and stuff. So was it mainly like maybe bicycle riders or, or something like that buying your product? Exactly. It was it was a combination of everything being closed and everyone being forced to go outside. So it, it was during that time where, you know, during uh, peak lockdown, when you go outside and you've seen you've never seen any of these neighbors before. Everybody is walking, biking, uh it was incredible. And I assume those were the people that were buying uh, um, hydration packs. Okay, interesting. Now, before COVID and all this even happened, did you already have your listing, you know, be it images, be it keywords, kind of optimized for that market? Or once COVID started happening, did you guys go back into your listings and do some keyword research on like more of these non-festival type things that might attract people? No, I, I think towards the end of 2019, uh, around uh, December, we had already started to notice that our listing was really taking off and we were starting to grab those top four organic positions. And uh, we were close to that number, that bestseller badge, which once you get the bestseller badge, I mean, volume does increase and, you know, you start getting a lot more of the conversions and sales. So when COVID started, it was just, you know, extra rocket fuel for the spaceship. Uh, we were, we were almost there. And then 2020, we just absolutely blew up with COVID. So then even though your initial idea, you know, way back in 2017 was kind of like, you know, my idea about the, you know, going after the festival and concert goers, you guys had done the keyword research from even before to like, make sure that you were at least still indexed for these other use cases, not just festival, you know, be it bicycling, be it, you know, backpacking or, or mountain climbing or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Um, in the beginning, we we were focused on, okay, uh, you know, there was a similar co company at the time uh, called Vibration, and they were mainly focused around uh, festival packs. Uh, but after we got together and we discussed a lot more, uh, we decided that we wanted to target the broader uh, side of uh, the outdoor industry. So we changed from being mainly focused on festivals to hiking, uh cycling, running, anything to do with outdoors that you can use this for the hydration packs. Yeah, that, that's important. I, I hope everybody's listening. I've talked about this before. You might have an idea for what your use case for your product is, but don't, uh, you know, get so laser focused that that's all you market to. Uh, a good example is everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people are familiar with our project X case study that we did on YouTube. And we, one of the products we launched was an egg tray and, and, you know, the, the traditional thinking might be, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, research all the egg related keywords, but that would be a mistake because there are people we found in our research that use egg trays for different things that we never would have thought about. Let's go back up to uh, Yikes a little bit. 
were your sales from last year pretty much on the same products that you had been uh, already selling like in 2019? Yeah. Um, or did you launch any new products last year? Just um, one was new. Well, yes and no. One was new, which is the um, the Halloween item that we had. Um, and another one that we launched in December. But both were kind of received with um, trouble because of the limitations that we had with inventory. So. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, fast forward to 2021, you, you sent me this, this message, w which was like, Oh my goodness, trying to bring a tear to my eye here. <laughs> but you know, you were in a, you, you were in a bad place. And then actually somehow the podcast actually helped you. Now, obviously the I do this podcast mm -hmm. to help people, but it, it was something a little bit uh, different than, than the normal person just learning strategies. Can, can you, uh, you okay to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was kind of kind of hit hard. It, it kind of hit home. Um, it was um, it was like something that I needed to hear at that moment um, when you were talking about the launches and the strategies and and, and everything. So it was kind of of regrounding me, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you were um you were considering um like possibly even giving up Amazon, right? Yeah, what it, it was it was regrounding cuz um at that moment I had and it's it's quite interesting cuz at that moment I had the opportunity to basically um get a different job um and if I took that job I I had to to basically give up on the on the business cuz it was something that it was going to be great for my engineering career um but it was not compatible at all with the business. Um, so it was, it was, it was quite challenging. I didn't got, I, honestly, I didn't got that job actually. Um, it sounded, I was like, it was going to be a done deal at the end of the year, at the end of the day, it didn't happen, but I got actually another offer from another company for ooh, a very interesting offer, um, that I'm still thinking about. And if I take that one, that one, it's going to let me work on the business too. So at the end of okay, the day, awesome, everything awesome. kind of level it. Yeah, because um, didn't you take like a, a sabbatical or a leave of absence yeah. from your, your your main job that you were doing last I'm year? I'm still on it. I'm working half. Yep, I'm working half time on engineering, and the rest of the time is trying to work on the business and re recover from 2020. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, how has that having more time? You know, more than four hours a week. How has that helped you or has it helped you uh, at all? Or, or is it pretty much the, the same? It, it, it showed me that I was making a lot of mistakes by, mistakes by omission, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Learning that there are a lot of things that I'm not doing that I should be doing. Um, being able to identify those, being able to work on the listings on the back end, being able to connect dots and being able to really understand that there's a process and there's a, a there's a method to this math to this madness, so um, it, it is helping for sure. Okay, excellent. What um, you know, since the last time we talked in early 2020, uh, let's talk about your biggest failure and your biggest win. Like uh, as the failure, first of all, like not necessarily a failure on your part, but yeah, you know, obstacle. Like what uh, was it the inventory thing or was there, you know, did you, did you at every time get suspended? Did you get a product suppressed? Uh, did you get a hijacker? Did you make a mistake on a coupon code? Like what can you think was the biggest negative in the last year and a half? For it you? was, I'm going to say it was the, the limitation and the, on the limits on, on the allowable space that we had. Um, 
that. Oh, the, is that that is that that newer one? The the, the one that it's not no, the actual that was, number, but it's like the. No, that was which that, one? the one for last year, not the one that we have this year. Oh, okay, okay. So, so the the one that is this year it hasn't affected you. No, they no they it affect me on Prime Day, um, but after right after Prime Day, they increase my my limits. So right now I'm pretty good. Okay, so it probably you know affected you know uh, for those who don't know, uh, Yaksa uh, lives in Puerto Rico, so it's not like you're sending you know like me. I send my product to my house here in California, and I have a warehouse here, and I just send it to Amazon as I need. You don't exactly have that ability. I'm, I'm assuming most of your product you're trying to send to Amazon directly from your factory, right? They are right now. They're stored at a 3PL in California. So like you, you had to make that adjustment. Two years ago, you, you didn't have to do that pretty much, right? Exactly. Two years ago, everything was direct, go in, everything went directly into Amazon. So then that was your big obstacle. And then can it be said then that the, the way you got around that was just the waiting game plus using the 3PL? Or, or did you do something different to try to um, try, get around that it obstacle? It was a combination. It was a combination of using the 3PL, um, sending smaller batches and... Um, also sending stuff to the house that I have in Florida. So I have a small storage. So I was able to send a couple of items mm. here and there. Um, but that, um, that I, that it is expensive. It's more expensive than a 3PL. Yeah. Okay. Well, how have you dealt with rising cost of, of manufacturing, rising cost of shipping that so many Amazon sellers have seen over the last, you know, six to eight months or so? Increasing the price. There's not a. There you go. Hey, that's a valid uh, answer right there. I mean, that's what else can you do? Almost. Um, have you done anything differently though? Like maybe you were air shipping sometimes and you haven't, or or opposite, or you're trying to order more to keep shipping costs down, or anything like that? No, not really. Since we were limited last year, we had inventory to run for a couple of months this year. Um, so that really helped us, and we were able to put all of our orders on time and have a schedule. So. We didn't really, we weren't really hit that hard with um, shipping mm -hmm. at the initial um, stage of this craziness. Um, now all of our inventory for the holidays is ready. It's it's already on a ship, um, but that was expensive. And my understanding is that it's going to yeah. get worse. So we kind of were yeah. able to get it out a little bit earlier. Okay. What about your biggest win of the last year and a half? Like, or something unexpected, like maybe a you know, influencer, YouTuber just happened to review your product and sales went up or you had a really successful launch or you found some new PPC strategy or, or something you learned from somewhere and then you implemented it and you had a, it had a direct influence on your, a positive influence on your sales. What, what was one of the, the positive things that happened for you in the last um, year? Honestly, it, it's like a nothing super major. It's more like, um, being able to adapt and adapt and being able to make sure that you move ahead and that you do not um, stay in one side complaining about all of this is too hard. It's just making sure that you adapt and you move and you take decisions and you trust your gut. So I'm going to say that I learned to trust my gut. <laughs> cool. I like it. I like it. Now, uh, since, with your extra time, have you been doing some more product research yeah. into potential you know, new products? Yeah, I do. I do. I have two new products on the work and I have a list of other products that I want to launch. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's go back to uh, Giovanni. Now you mentioned you have a warehouse. Now, did you have that in place even before COVID started or did you kind of like, because of the COVID and the inventory restrictions, that was when you guys went and got your own warehouse? 
No. So the warehouse um, is was owned by my uh, by my business partner, where he had the Shopify store, where that he had been running that since he was eighteen. He had the warehouse there where he was uh, storing all of his items for his other business. So then that worked out well because I mean, sure, you know, you were selling too much, so you probably ran out of stock. But then, you know, as far as the inventory limitations, you you weren't screwed over like the people who didn't have three PLs and they couldn't even sh- ship their products from China because they had nowhere nowhere for it to go. So you were able to ship your products to your warehouse and then kind of like what dr- drip it into Amazon then. Yeah, uh, in in the beginning, we actually uh, were using our warehouse to store our stuff. But the, the biggest problem with that, and we eventually moved to a 3PL in California, was that it takes 45 days to get from China to Miami, and it only mm-hmm. takes 14 days to get to California. So we made yeah. the move to California um, t- probably in the middle of 2020. Okay. Okay, so so you're not still using your your partner's warehouse, or I mean, you, it's split between the two. Yeah, we're we're there. Uh, we're there. We we may, we do our FBM operation out of there. So if we get like in a, a Walmart order or a Shopify order, or someone orders through FBM, we have uh, products stored there where we go ahead and send it out ourselves. But the majority of our of our of our items, our units, are in California at the three PL. Okay, now um, Walmart and Shopify. You know, you, you mentioned I think Amazon was something like one point two million or something like that. But what would you uh, your, your say your gross sales were last year for Walmart and Shopify? So Shopify, it it uh, it you know it sits at around hundred k a year. That's where the Shopify sits at, and Walmart has been our lowest performer. Um, you know, we maybe get like five or six sales a day there. It's not too much, uh, but but at the same time, we haven't we haven't gone into it and and done the research to, to, and do ads mm-hmm. and all that. So that's probably the platform that we've, we've spent the least amount of time researching for. Okay. You, you, you saw what, uh, I mean, I know you're, you're, um, you're a helium 10 elite member, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You saw that what you guys have access to as of a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. That's the, um, there are now Walmart tools available. Yep. Yep. Helium 10 now has Walmart tools. We, we talked about that with, with, uh, with Carrie on the podcast. If you guys are listening to this, uh, in order here. So, um, hopefully that'll, that'll be able to, uh, to help you guys out. Now I'm just looking on helium 10 right now at x-ray. Is it okay to say you're a brand or no? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm looking here. Uh, uh, Giovanni's brand is water Buffalo, um, hydration pack. And it seems like you're going to be a lot more than 1 million this year. Yeah. We're, we're going for double of, uh, last year. Okay. Cause I'm looking at the, the estimated 30 days and, and I'm seeing it's probably three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. It seems like you guys maybe have done in the last thirty days. Yeah, that's uh, uh, when summer starts. Uh, that's usually where it sits around three hundred to four hundred fifty a month. And that, that's for this year. For last year, it was, you know, it was going north of six hundred k a month. Um, and that was for June, July. June, July are the hottest months. May and August are the semi-hot months of summer. Okay. Now I noticed you, 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 you know, since that first, uh, you know, successful product, you've launched a couple other ones that, that haven't, you know, taken off as much. Are, are you guys promoting those at all? Or what do you think is the the difference? Why did the one product, you know, is doing like 10 X the others? Sure. So a funny story is, uh, we actually started with three products at once with $30,000, two of them failed. And the hydration pack that you see today, today is the one that uh, was successful. Uh, as for the two products that we just currently launched, um, one of them is running at around break-even, and the other one, which is a hydration bladder, our, our brand is uh, mostly focused around hydration products at the moment. Uh, that one is running, uh, it's very efficiently, it's profiting, it's only been a couple of months, and we're, we're very happy with that one. 
Okay, cool. Now, what about the, you know, we talked about the negatives. What was your biggest uh, win? I mean, obviously, the I would say, you know, we already talked about your biggest win was just the fact that everybody and their sisters and brothers were all going out and, and bike riding and doing all these outdoor activities. And so that just organically increased your sales. But what else, uh, either on the strategy side or PPC side or or something, you know, that you guys did differently and, and something just took off, you worked with an influencer, what other wins did you have in the last year? Sure. So I, I'd have to, it's kind of funny. I'd have to say the biggest win of, uh, of 2021 would be the complete opposite of 2020, uh, sorry, 2020. Uh, it'd have to be the biggest one being staying in stock the entire year this time and really not losing <laughs> uh-huh. any revenue to, you know, waiting for these containers to be loaded into the ports and uh, just taking advantage of every single day. Okay, cool. Now I'm just, again, I'm, I'm in helium 10. I'm on your page. I noticed you've been raising the price. Yes. And that is due to logistics just being all over the place. And you're, um, but I'm looking at the BSR and it hasn't, it hasn't, it's staying pretty steady. I I think, you know, in the June and July, I think naturally it's, it's pretty high, but, uh, it doesn't look like, it's not like your sales are, are tanking because you raise the price. No, it's not. And, uh, that was something that me and my business partners had been very afraid to do in the past. Um, but we had never been forced to make a decision. So we were happy sitting at the 2495 mark, uh, where we eventually raised it $3 to 2795 to offset the, you know, the profit margins being lowered Mm -hmm. from just, you know, the whole debacle with, uh, the container crisis going on. Uh, but no, uh, I, and I think, uh, that sellers shouldn't be afraid to, uh, experiment with their prices because, you know, nothing has happened to us in the sense where we thought it would tank and it's been pretty steady. Okay, cool, cool. Now let's uh, switch back to Yikes for uh, a couple minutes here. Yikes, I have a question for you. you know, like I, I've never personally sold in like the, the toy, you know, the toy market. But usually the the kind of things that 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 we've been doing as case studies in Project Five K, Project X, is it's very specific. Like it's a coffin shelf, and then the main keyword is coffin shelf. You know, like it's that kind of that kind of thing. But I imagine in like toys, it's like a different story. Like sure, maybe if it's a fidget spinner, you know, that people are searching for fidget spinner, but are you having to do some some heavy research to try and find like the the kind of generic words that would apply to your product, like you know, toy for six year old or, or something or something like that, or, or how does it work in the in the toy category? Not really. Um, it's it's helium. It's it's really um, great in there. So you can you can see it very very easy. Um, what's gonna be difficult is to you get this massive list of generic um, keywords, but try to um, reduce the amount to make it fit your product but they're still going to be generic if that makes some sense um it's going to be um toys for girls forced to sex for example mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and that it's 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 quite different than toys for girls um 10 to 12 so so then you, what you did is you used helium 10 cerebro to look at your the competitors that were similar to you and and where they were ranking high and then made sure to kind of optimize your listing around some yeah, of those? Yeah, make sure that you are in that age group. With toys, it's um, the age group. It's quite important. So you got to make sure that you are hitting those ones. Do you see any activity in like PPC or or just organically for like uh, Spanish keywords or other language keywords for, for any Spanish, of your listings? 
for Spanish. We see we see them for Spanish too. And something else that I wanted to mention is that with toys, you have to um, you need to do your um, your testing. So once you do your testing, you get your age group, and then you have to put that in your back end. And Amazon needs paying a lot of attention to those age groups. So if you well, what do you mean by uh, testing? Um, the testing for the for the toys for, for the products, so to make sure that they are um, safe for the kids, that they're not heavy metals, that they um, the flammability that oh, it's like a like a certification that you have to get for every single product that you ah. that you do. So you have to get that, and then you have to put all of that information. Amazon is requesting all of they has they have been requesting that information for years, but now they're more. Um, Rig, um, strict about it so if you put um in your back end if you put your age mm -hmm. group um, wrong and they are doing a, an investigation on your paperwork they're gonna send you an email and they're gonna ask you to fix that if they see something that you're testing is for example above four above three or or something like that and you put something else in your listing they're gonna tell you you did they're gonna tell you go ahead and change it Interesting, interesting. Now, this kind of uh, testing or, or certification, is this something you can do at the factory level in China or you have to wait until it comes to the United States? How, how, do, you, how do you do that? You do it. it, it it's up to you. It got to be an approved um, lab. So it, you can do it in China. I work with a lab in China and they, they do it in China and it's actually cheaper in China, um, but you got to be a certified lab. Interesting. Interesting. All right. You know, uh, we talk about, we, we have this part of the show. We do 30 second tips, TSTs, but, uh, let's start with uh, you, uh, yikes, uh, since we're, since we're with you, like what's some, some tips or strategies, it doesn't have to be 30 seconds, but maybe we can talk a couple of them, something that has, you know, works for you, uh, something that changed, you know, that gave you good increases. It doesn't have to necessarily be a strategy about Amazon or PPC. It absolutely could, but you know, maybe it's a, a, a life hack. Like, uh, I think a strategy in itself is, Hey, if, if you have a day job, and you're getting burnt out instead of just burning yourself completely out, you know, take a, take a leave of absence, take a, take a break or something. That's a strategy in itself. But, but what else other than that, uh, can you talk to us about? Uh, do not get stuck. Um, keep moving. Um, really, um, right now everything's changing. Everything is different and, and expect change, expect, um, that things are going to get more difficult, but do not sit and complain, move and adapt and make the best that you can out of the situation. What about um, Amazon strategy? Like, ha have you used any of like those or have you tested any of the Maldives honeymoon strategy or any other things as far as, you know, in launching or anything else that you can talk about that? I worked? did. For one of the products, I, I used the, the, the sack free, the sack phrase, um, like you said, in, in the, and mm -hmm. the first, um, in the, in the title and ran some mm -hmm. PPC, aggressive PPC. And it ran, I'm going to say, I don't know, six or seven days after it to spot number one and we got out of stock. So, um, but yeah, that yeah. one works. Cool. Cool. What's your, um, goals for the rest of the, of this year? Like, like, do you think you'll be higher in gross sales than, than last year since you're going to be in stock and, and stuff? Yeah. If we don't get, um, limitations again, we should be able to do way more than what we did last year. Um, something else it's, I get up, make sure that I put my SOPs together um, cause, um, I was, I was basically running this on a hour here and there, and that's not the right way to run a business. So, um, that's one goal. Make sure that I have my SOPs. Now you're, you know, you've been six figures for a while. Did, did you hear about the, uh, serious sellers club? 
No. Aha. We have something called the Serious Sellers Club. It's kind of like for the people who who have hit certain milestones. So I want what I want you to do, uh, Yikes, after we get off this call is I want you to apply for it to make sure that you, you get the, the recognition. The link is h10.me forward slash SSC. Wow. H- S like yeah. serious. Mm-hmm. Serious. S like sellers and then C like club. Serious sellers club. H and me. And then you're going to get some free stuff uh, and then also get a nice like, cool badge for your Helium 10 account and stuff. Ooh. But uh, hey, you, you hit six figures. Uh, even despite struggles, you should be uh, you should be recognized for that. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Giovanni? Did you did you apply for the seven figure serious sellers club yet? I have not applied for it. I heard about it, uh, but I was very excited when I heard about it. I have to go ahead and sign up for it. Yes. Yes. We want to uh, send you out some uh, some swag. So h10.me forward slash SSC. Same goes for anybody else out there. Now, Giovanni, I want you to, to test something. You, you have your uh, sales pulled up on your Seller Central account for the last uh, two months? I do. Okay. You know, th- this is not necessarily a Helium 10 function, but, you know, one kind of like strategy or hack I give uh, to people to try and like guess, you know, which, which item is the best selling, like if there's variation, because if, for everybody who knows uh, how Amazon sell, uh, seller tools like Helium 10 work is that, Amazon only gives a BSR for one variation family. So it, we have the same sales estimation for every single child item. It doesn't mean that that's what the, the sales are, but it means all the child items put together are around that amount. But you know, the one little hack I give is I tell people, hey, use the Chrome extension, hit review insights for like the last two months, and then just at least see the breakdown of what how many reviews each color or each size or something has. And usually one of them is kind of like stands out amongst the rest. So now, obviously I'm not looking at your sales right now. I don't have access to your, to your account, but I, I just ran review insights on your page, on your hydration pack. And it's telling me that you had the most reviews for the black. Is the black your bestseller? Oh yeah, by far. Okay. And then it seems like, like there might've been a little, like slight, like the other three are not very far off, but like the blue, maybe a little bit more, but blue, red, white, and the Arctic blue are like less than half each of the black, but but kind of close to each other, or are they way off uh, from each other? No, we so the four variations, the black is is the leading color. That's the one that we run the ads through. It is the flagship of the colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other three are, they're very similar in sales. I'd have to say, um, uh, yeah, almost identical in sales. The red and white would be the worst, and the uh, the Arctic blue and the light blue are very close to each other. Okay, there we go. So, so guys, th- this is not an exact science, but it just shows that it works. I'm looking at review insights of the last two months reviews from his product, and it told me that uh, the black had like almost 50% review share. And in my mind, I'm like, well, that me if the, if that has most of the reviews, it's probably getting most of the sales. And then the other th- the other three were kind of distributed somewhat evenly. I see here it says like 14, 18, and 20%. Now, this does not mean that this is you, you take this figure and then you multiply it by the sales, and that's exactly what the sales are. But guys, if you're ever wondering on what, how much, or which variation on a listing is selling the most, you know, since the x-ray really doesn't tell you that necessarily, here's here's a, a little tip that you guys can do. Use review insights, and as you guys just saw, it's pretty close, so that's, that's pretty cool. Anyways, Giovanni, um, what what's the rest of the year looking like for you? Are, are you going to launch more colors, more, more variations, more products? What's going on? Okay, so, uh, you know, in the pipeline for the future of the year, so the next six months, um, what we're basically doing is uh, we're tightening up the business. Uh, we're making sure everything's running all right. Uh, for the products that we lo- we just launched, um, you know, one of them being the bladder and the other one being a water bottle cage, uh, we are actually in the process of launching three more variations for the bladder. 
Now, I remember the last time I talked to Yikes, like her her profit margins was uh, was pretty high. It was around like thirty percent. You guys have a you know you know you probably don't have your accounting software right in front of you, but uh, uh, about what your um, profit margins are. No, our, our profit margins are less than that, about 10% less. So we operate around a 20 to 22% profit margin. That sounds about standard. Yep, that sounds about right. Okay, cool. Now, um, you know, you, like we said earlier, have been a, a Helium 10 elite member for a while, and you're usually one of the the ones. Actually, you, do you know we have a, another quarterly workshop Friday? I hope you've uh, set aside some time for that. But what? how has being a Helium 10 elite member helped? Because, you know, a lot of people are like, man, that's you know, four hundred dollars. You know, three hundred ninety-seven dollars a month. You know, yeah, I get Helium Ten, but and I get more access to the tools. But y- your benefit, I would imagine, your benefit from being a Helium Ten Elite member is not because oh, now you get more keywords to track and you get you know more uses of X tool, but it's probably more on the the educational side. Would that be an accurate statement? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, and and this is and even on on my end, my two business partners, they were not on board with wanting to go to Helium 10 Elite. I actually put that on my on my personal finances. I paid for it myself out of pocket to go to Helium 10 Elite. And I can vouch for it right now. It is incredibly worth it. Uh, and it's from the educational side. The, the, the high value guests that you have speaking on the show, it, it's incredible. It blows my mind the information that you get on, on, on the Helium 10 Elite side. All right. Hey, Yaixa, you heard that. <laughs> I did. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's how you and I met. You and I, Yaixa, like in 2016, met like in one of these mastermind uh-huh. groups. And, uh, you know, you might need to consider uh, joining Helium 10 and Elite with uh, Giovanni. Oh, yeah. it's and uh, I'm not advertising for uh, Helium 10. I'm telling you, this is it, it changed the game for me. Find, finding Helium 10 uh, took the business to another level. But signing up to Helium 10 Elite took it to, to another level above that. It's, it's, it's worth it. I would advise everybody to get it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now let's talk about some uh, tips. Now don't give any like super high level strategy that was only for the elite, you know, that came in one of those, uh, one of those, you know, okay. a lot of those are, are NDAs, but, um, what about some general, uh, strategies as far as, uh, you know, something PPC, you said you're the PPC, uh, master at your company or, or ranking or, or anything, um, that you can give us as our TSTs or our 32nd tips. Sure. So, um, it, for, for a general tip aside from uh, PPC, Sure. Uh, and this is for people that are, you know, I have a couple of buddies that are just starting an Amazon business and they're getting into e-commerce. And I, I tell everybody all the time, I mean, when I first started this business, I didn't have Helium 10. I didn't have any information. You know, on, on my path to where I am today, there were so many roadblocks. You know, if you're just starting out, I would advise you to get the freedom ticket, get on Helium 10, listen to every serious Sellers podcast, even go into the old AMPM podcast when Manny Coates was the host. Get as mm-hmm. much information as you can before you start the business and then, you know, start to go move forward with that. What about something specific? Like, wh- I mean, obviously PPC, I think, has changed more than anything else in the last year and a half on Amazon. I mean, everything changes on Amazon, but, you know, opening up, you, you mentioned a couple of them, sponsored display and then, the you know, sponsored brand ads and sponsored videos. Which new, new-ish aspect of PPC has really helped you guys or, or been successful for you, would you say? Okay. So, um, I'd say for the hydration pack, the, I mean, and it, you know, it's very old school, but it keyword targeting for the hydration pack has just been the bread and butter for the business. You know, two to four keywords drive most of the revenue for the business. Um, the, the sponsored videos, they, they haven't been as profitable as the keywords. Product targeting is fantastic. I would advise everyone to go, go ahead and find those 
uh, products that you're going to be able to product target. Um, display targeting hasn't been as effective for us either. Uh, it's mainly been keyword targeting and product targeting. Uh, the one thing I would advise everybody to do is get some defensive campaigns out there and make sure you're targeting your brand. Okay. Uh, and just for those who don't know what that means, uh, uh, you know, defensive campaigns, targeting your own brand. Can you specify a little bit more? Sure. So, uh, so in my case, my brand is water Buffalo. Uh, when I was, what I would do to target uh, defensive campaigns is I would uh, go to my keyword targeting campaigns first, and I would put everything from water, Buffalo hydration, water, Buffalo hydration pack, uh, water buffalo hydration packs, anything that 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 has your brand in it, and you can do that for display targeting as well, for um, you know product targeting as well. Just try and get your product um, advertising on itself, so that you don't have your co- uh, competitors going in there and snagging sales from you. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, Yikes and Giovanni, thank you so much for uh, joining us. You know, you two don't know each other in person. I don't, I don't think, but uh, it'd be great for all of us to uh, link up at, at a future conference. Now that the the world is semi semi getting uh, getting back to normal. It was great to uh, reach out to you and very inspiring stories, guys. You know, you guys know how I roll here on the uh, on the podcast. I don't have all influencers or gurus or or famous people. I do have those people because they're important. They they bring a lot of value. But I love you know interviewing people who are just average. I, I call average Joes and average Sallys. We got average uh, average Giovannis and average uh, Yikes. Uh, they're they're not average in what they do because I, I consider all my guests like supermen and superwomen, but. But I hope you people out there can relate to them. You know, they they didn't come from some humongous uh, e-commerce background. You know, uh, Giovanni was a, a college dropout, which is not a bad thing. Hey, it's not a bad thing. If you, I like how he was able to pivot right away. Um, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, we got Yaitse, who was a, a mechanical engineer. And so, you know, it doesn't matter what background you guys come from. Anybody can be successful on Amazon and with completely different circumstances, whether you're a bachelor uh, in Miami or, or you're, uh, you know, a husband or wife with, with kids uh, in, in Puerto Rico or some other place, guys, anybody can have success on Amazon. And these two guests have definitely shown that. So Yaixa and Giovanni, thank you so much for coming on. And we'd love to reach out to you in, in 2022. And, and let's just see how you, how you crush those goals uh, end of this year. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.